Hello, Internet. This is Imperial Esports Editor-in-Chief Chase Redshirt King Wassenaar here for another very special edition of the Rough Drafts 2016 EU LCS Team-by-Team Breakdown. We are on day five right now. It has been an exciting run so far, and I am joined by my good friend, Walter Fedchuk, to discuss one of the most interesting teams we're going to have this next season. Walter, how are you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good today, and and when you say interesting team, I think you're completely correct, because they made a lot of changes that I don't think anyone ever ever saw coming, to be fair. I don't think Fnatic saw it coming, and we are talking about Fnatic, in case you haven't looked at the title of this podcast. It is... Once again, a rebuilding year for Fnatic, which you would think after finishing, you know, tied for third at the World Championship, they'd kind of try to keep everything together. Fnatic has just decided to go in a separate direction than what we all kind of expected. Gamsu from Dignitas has replaced Huni in the top lane. Spirit from World Elite has replaced Rainover in the jungle position. And Noxiac, the SK Gaming support has replaced Yellow Star uh, as he has gone over to TSM. The rest of the team, Fabivan in the mid lane, Reckless as the AD carry, and Delior as the head coach has remained unchanged. Walter, your first look at this team, what is your immediate instinct with these guys? Well, my immediate instinct is, well, I didn't think they were going to be good last year, and I kind of had pie thrown in my face, so I guess I have to go the opposite way. I think they're going to be really, really good this year, but... Then I consider that Gamsu played in for Dignitas last year, and he didn't look all that great. He, At least with like Huni last year, you had no tape on him. You didn't know what you were going to get. And I feel like with Gamsu and, and Noxiak, we sort of already know what they're kind of like, and it's, it's not great. It, it's, it's not awful, but it, it, it's not very good. Yeah, this is one of those things where there are a couple different variables that are missing in this rebuild that were there last time around. The most prominent, of course, being Yellowstar, which we're going to talk about at length later on in this podcast. But let's start with that Gamsu point you just made, because I think this is the thing that if you're a Fnatic fan, you're most excited by. Can Gamsu in spirit become a better version of the Huni rainover combo with enough time? I think there is a chance. Because I think Gamsu can get better if he's in the right environment. I think he can adjust, and he did show some ability to be a carry top laner uh, in ways that Rainover didn't show any ability to be a carry kind of jungler. He was very much a support utility jungler, while Huni was straight up the carry. And Spirit and Gamsu, on the other hand, both have shown abilities to play either kind of a carry style or play a utility style, with Gamsu being the one that's much more of a utility style player, while Spirit is the one who's able to be the carry. So I think there is a chance because of that one one thing that that, that the utility play the primary utility player in this partnership can also be a carry, and the primary carry player can also play some utility, although it's not phenomenal. You'd much rather have them on their preferred roles. But when it comes down to it, I think that the, the, the coaching staff and the structure that they put in place will figure out a way to make everything work, and they know how to get the best out of their players. And this is the thing that everyone has to always keep in mind, right? Is that the Fnatic system is something that we know works. We have seen Fnatic do this in Counter-Strike. We've seen them do it in pretty much every game they've gotten involved in. Their Heroes of the Storm team just reloaded and became a powerhouse in Europe. 
they're just really good at this whole esports thing. And so I, I look at this move and I say, you know, yes, Huni did very, very well last split. It was a better carry than Gamsu was. Huni was first in kills in KDA in Europe, second lowest deaths among starting top laners, only seventh in kill participation. Uh, but a great laner, fourth in CS at 10 minutes, second CS per minute overall, first in damage per minute, first in effective gold per minute. Gamster's a much different guy. He was only fifth in KDA, uh, mostly because he was sixth in kills. He had the second lowest deaths amongst starting top laners in North America, but he didn't have as many kills and he didn't have as many assists. But his kill participation was higher. His laning phase, he was also fourth at CS at 10 minutes. He was also second in CS per minute. So there are a lot of things where you look at it and you say, man, he actually does have a lot in common with Huni, but it's the lack of kills and it's the lack of damage. He was seventh in damage per minute amongst top laners in North America. And you can make up for that with an aggressive uh, jungler, which unfortunately we don't have the same kind of statistics on Spirit because China doesn't release these things to the general public the way that uh, all these other things are on Oracle's Elixir right now, which as you know if you've listened to the show before, we love to use but certainly, from a sheer talent perspective, uh, Spirit can make up for some of the things that Gamsu doesn't have with the aggression that he brings. The big issue for me that I think a lot of people are kind of ignoring so far is that Spirit has said that one of the reasons he signed on with Fnatic is he can't wait to improve his English. And it was really essential last year for Fnatic to have Rainover, who is a jungler and in a shot-calling position, able to clearly understand what's going on, and he was able to filter things to Huni until Huni could speak the language properly. Now it's the other way around, where Gamsu has had a little bit of experience speaking English on Dignitas, and he's going to have to be explaining things to Spirit, which just slows down the shot-calling process. It might encourage him to play a little bit more carefully early until they figure out how to shore up some of these communication things. It's going to be very interesting to see how they adapt to that. With enough time, I think they figure it out. But early on, it's going to be very interesting. Uh, also interesting is Reckless. Uh, we saw him on Elements in the spring split not do very well. We saw him last split put together some incredible numbers. So my question to you, Walter, is which of those two versions of Reckless are we going to see this split now that he is once again without Yellowstar? So the problem was that I am Cologne. I saw shades of reckless of elements reckless, where he's kind of off by himself. He was constantly spit pushing, but he was doing it without ward protection. He was doing it without kind of paying attention to where the enemy was. The second, you know, when he was playing on Fnatic, it seemed like the second that an enemy was, you know, disappeared into the fog of war towards where he was going, he was backing off. Or he was calling for, you know, for Yellowstar or Rainover to come up and help him so he could continue to accomplish what his task was. And I just didn't see that at IEM Cologne. And maybe part of that is because of, you know, a lack of communication between his top laner and, and his jungler and himself because of a language barrier. Maybe it's that they don't have that very stern shot-calling kind of presence that we attribute to Yellowstar. Maybe he doesn't want to play with this team anymore. Maybe he's just sticking around because he's good friends with Fabivan or something. I, I don't know what the difference is, but watching I Am Cologne, there was definitely a difference in this version of Reckless than last year's Reckless on Fnatic when he was so successful. So it, it kind of scares me a little of, of are we going to see the elements kind of detached 
reckless where he's not really the one who's carrying until right towards the end of the season where he finally picked up his game and finally meshed in with the team. I don't think Fnatic can really really afford to have him be detached and have him struggle to adapt to the team like he did in, uh, in Alliance. Yeah, it's rough. I, I I look at Reckless and I look at what happened at I Am Cologne. And, and there are a lot of good reasons why I Am Cologne could have gone the way that they did. They hadn't had a lot of time to play together. Uh, they hadn't had a lot of time to adjust. This is the first time that Forbiven and Reckless were trying to take over the shot-calling duties that used to belong to Yellow Star. This is the first time that they were trying to communicate with Spirit effectively. Like, there are a lot of things you can point to and say, there are reasons why things might have fallen behind. But you also look, and this is one of the most interesting things I looked at from last year, because Reckless's stats across the board, you know, 10.7 KDA was first, 99 kills, first, 125 assists, first, 21 deaths, least amongst starters. That's incredible. But his kill participation amongst 80 carries who played five or more games put him at ninth. That's weird, right? Like, we can agree that if you're leading your team in kills and assists, how are you ninth in kill participation? That shows this kind of desire to be on your own. You know, that's not participating in team fights where the rest of these deaths are coming down. That's, you know, doing your own thing across the map. And that can be okay when you have the vision that can account for that, when you have the shot calling that is clean and that allows you to make those kind of plays, you can get away with those things. But that's not the team they are right now. Right now, they're still figuring some of these things out, and I am very concerned that his skill set is is based off of having something that's just not there anymore. And that's you know that's the fear that we get into, and and. You know, this has been the elephant in the room this entire podcast. And it's really the one thing that matters about this fanatic rebuild more than anything else we're going to talk about, which is how does this team replace everything that Yellow Star was? I mean, this is a guy that when you and I did our power rankings for players, when you and I did our, you know, our fantasy draft, we agreed this guy was the second most valuable guy in the West. Behind only Bjergsen, and that, you know, really came down to, you know, is it more about the impact on the game or just streaming and everything else that he adds to the team? This guy's just been so much this fanatic roster for so many years now. I mean, how do you replace that? I, I think you replace it in pieces. I don't think that you can find one person to replace him. I think Yellow Star is a very special talent, and you bring up that that you know dra- that you know most valuable player kind of podcast that we did, and it's Yellow Star is the second most you know valuable player in the West, in in our opinions. So when you have that much of a value in one player, you have to try and find it in other places. So that's where you might have to move kind of the shot calling roles to Fabivan and Reckless, and they've hinted at or, or, or hinted at that in in, um, in their own personal posts on Facebook and Twitter. They've uh, said that in interviews that they're taking over more of the reins and that's fine. That's great. That then comes down to, well, Noxiac and Spirit have to take up the vision control and the objective control and, and, and that sort of direction of the team. So I think this spring split is very much going to be about finding their groove, figuring out how to 
break up all the duties and all the all the things that Yellow Star brought to the team rather than just trying to find one player to fit in, you know, fit all those pieces. There's a reason that Yellow Star is Yellow Star, and that's because he does all those things. He he's very good at all those things. To find another player at that same caliber that does all the things that that Yellow Star does is nearly impossible. Mm-hmm. So you have to you have to just divvy up the duties and hope that the player that you do change him with can do some of those things and that the players that are already there can do some of those things. And this is where I get concerned because I am not a Noxiak fan. I've been on the record. I, I don't – I've never really been impressed by the efforts that he's put out over the course of his career. I think at best he's been okay. Uh, there's There have been very few games that really – took me aback. And we argued after the IEM wrap-up podcast about how good we thought he was. I, I thought he had one good game and two kind of mediocre to, to poor ones. But regardless, it's not Yellow Star. Uh, the Baron call that cost him one of those games, uh, I, I said it at the time, that call does not happen if Yellow Star is there. There's no way Yellow Star tells him to go back in on a Baron that Chao Gu had started they couldn't kill in enough time and basically ensured they would get aced in a team fight. That doesn't happen if Yellow Star's there. And I Probably understand not. That, that Forbidden and Reckless are still learning how to shot call. And I understand that they're still learning how to communicate with Spirit and Gamsu. And I understand that Noxiac is still learning how to become this you know, better support player. All of these things are possible. But one of the reasons it worked last time around was because you had a guy like Yellowstar who was just this student of the game, this guy who's played for forever, been to every world championship that has happened so far, just really understood how all these different pieces worked and knew how to work with all of these guys and get them to the position they needed to be to make this rebuilding process as smooth and as easy as possible. And you don't have him anymore which means all of this stuff is going to take more time. And that doesn't mean they're not going to get there, Fnatic fans. This is not a condemnation of your team in the long run. I think this roster will certainly figure itself out. There's a ton of talent here. But if the first couple weeks they don't come out swinging, I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised if it takes them a while to, to get there. But you know, Walter, I can, I can hear the gumshoe music is already coming down. I can hear it through my headphones right now. You have a conspiracy about this team. And I would love to hear it. So we were called out on Reddit when we were talking about Immortals and, and the whole St. Vicious, you know, set on stream that uh, the Delior is this really, really you know, strict coach and doesn't allow certain things. And fine, you know, maybe some of it was overblown. But the fact that all the players came out and said, oh, that's not true, that's not true, makes me think it's even more true. <laughs> so my conspiracy is that I actually do think that Delior is a very, very strict coach. And I think that's a very good thing. And I think that Fnatic as an organization understands that to grow and to become better as an organization as a whole, not just you know win a couple of matches here and there, but to create a powerhouse, you need to create a system and you need to have a very structured system and you need to give your your coach and your, your person in charge of that system control over it. So I think the conspiracy is that the entire community kind of was like, oh, you know, they loved Hooney, they loved Holo, Holo, Holo. And to hear that there might have been anything that possibly could have harmed that, you know, this is a PR move by, by Fnatic. Is that, you know, they're going to go back and say, oh, you know, that's not true, that's not true, that's not true. But 
at the end of the day, I think Fnatic has made a phenomenal choice in having that type of structured system and and working on that. And it comes down to making the play, you know, the players when you bring them in, making them fit into that system because that system has been very, very efficient for them over the past year. Yeah, I hate to break it to any Western fans who thinks that you know any of that would be a criticism. Uh, have you seen Korea and how they handle things? Have you heard of the practice schedules that those guys have on a week-by-week basis? There's a reason that they're first, and it's not because they slack off or have any of these you know nice party times and, and, oh, let's relax for several hours in the evening and play other games and do all this other stuff. It's because they have a lot of the same rules that were leaked about Delior. That's not a negative. Uh, if you want to win, that's how you do it. That's why Fnatic was third in the world last year. That's why I still think that had they had their head in the game, they could have been the Koo Tigers in a best of five. You know, I, I they obviously didn't on that day, and you know they earned the loss they got. But that team was really good. And if you don't think that Delior's disciplinarian style had anything to do with that, I, I think that's just silly. And that's that's nothing to be. You know, embarrassed by or, or, or you know, as an insult to, to this team or this organization, I think it's a great move. But embrace it for what it is. You know, teams like Orihan can't play that way. But teams like Fnatic need that kind of infrastructure to grow, and that's what works for them. But, Walter, all this being said, where do you land on Fnatic at the end of the day? I still think talent-wise this is a very strong team, and I think that the, the, the system and the talent will find a way to make everything work. I think they will be contending with H two H two K and Orient for you know the top couple spots in in the European LCS, and I think they are ahead of every other team besides those two. Uh, you know, even Vitality. Vitality has a ton of talent, but I think the system at the end of the day is what is going to make this a, a an exceptional team. Yeah, I really like this team as well. I think Fnatic is an organization that has proven themselves time and time again. I think they're the three seed, at least in the spring. And I think that they're going to develop over time. But I think right now, there are some pieces that need to come together. And unlike last time where they were able to rebuild right away, this is going to take a little bit of time. This is going to take, you know, getting Noxiac to that place, getting Forbidden and Reckless used to shot calling, you know, getting Spirit on the same level as everyone else with communication. And that's not a negative in the long run, but it will affect them in the short run. And given that this is an 18-game season, it just means that their playoff run is likely to be a little bit harder. And when they run into a team like H2K, which is just so much raw talent across the board, or a team like Orihen, which are just so well-organized at team fighting, I think it's going to take them till the summer to get to that level. But we'll see. It's fanatic. Certainly they should never be underestimated. Those who do uh, have proven to regret it in the long run uh hopefully you didn't regret listening to this wonderful podcast of ours we have uh four more of these if you enjoyed uh our little time here on europe we started with team vitality and we've talked about splice h2k gaming and unicorns of love yesterday uh in north america which we're also doing these team by team previews we did tsm immortals nrg CLG and are releasing Dignitas today. So you can go to soundcloud.com slash esports gambling hour and listen to every single one of these team previews. 
Uh, and if you really like, you can go to iTunes and subscribe to the Esports Gambling Hour. So that way you'll get all of our episodes as soon as they come out because we've got five more days of this that you're certainly not going to want to miss. And if you want to get in on the conversation directly to us, you can find us on Twitter. I am at RedshirtKing. Walter, where can they find you? You can find me at C80s underscore LOL. And you guys should definitely come back tomorrow because we are going to be talking about the return of a longtime Spaniard within the League of Legends scene who is looking to make good on the rivalry that has defined his entire career. So until then, goodbye, Internet.